Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Back with you folks. Hey, good news. Uh, we've allowed Mrs. Wesco, Stephanie there, uh, old sister Stephanie's on a vacation. We're giving her a little bit of time off. Those eight kids are wrapping up their homeschooling. She's finally getting that basement fixed up that that flood and messed up. So there's a lot going on with her. So keep Stephanie in prayer. Uh, more great news is uh, Pastor Josh Crockett is still with us today and for the rest of the week. And you don't want to miss this commentary. And as we go through and look at these different things, we certainly hope they're a great blessing to you. And another thing I wanted to remind you is as we put out last week and we want to put it out, uh, out again this week, we would love to have a Zoom call. If you're more interested in volunteering in the ministry of being part of the retreat we're building, thinking about the thousands of men and women who are going to come through that retreat and be sent to churches and neighborhoods around this country and equipped to help others with PTSD, we'd love to have a Zoom meeting with you about that, how you can help, how you can partner, how you can volunteer. So make sure you get a hold of me. Send me a, uh, an email, if you would, at Doug at Wounded Spirit. Dot com, and I'll make sure I get right back to you, and we'll see if we can set up that Zoom meeting. So, uh, Pastor, last week we were dealing with a word, and uh, uh, we were dealing with the word suicide, and I wanted to go back to it for a couple reasons. I wanted to go back to it because I wanted to get uh, Pastor's take on this word. I wanted to, uh, we did this with Pastor Miller. Uh, suicide is a is a big deal. It's something that we're dealing with. Uh, it's It's something that you know, we see every day. I heard yesterday, this is a terrible number. Pastor, I was talking to one of the senior chaplains in our military yesterday, and we had about an hour and a half phone conversation. And he told me, so there's a uh, trauma that we see in civilian life called rape. We see it in the military. It's called military sexual trauma. It's one of those things that almost always causes PTSD. When somebody has a sexual trauma in their life, whether they be male or female, and by the way, male-on-male male, military sexual trauma is so big in this branch of the military, I was talking to this man, at, they don't even know what to do. They're trying to find a way to put people in individual rooms instead of letting people share rooms anymore. But here's a crazy number. So 65% of the people who commit suicide in the U.S. military, the best we can tell are these folks who've uh, come through these military sexual traumas. So we have these traumas, and these traumas, uh, you know, can set us up. These traumas can allow the devil to sneak in, creep in, and get us to believe that we're of no value, where the Lord tells us that we've been bought with a price. He tells us that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're of so much value. The world wants us to look at things like self-worth, self-esteem, self-value, all the self things. What we believe in with God and with God's word, it's God's value, God's worth. God's esteem, when you replace those self with God and you realize what God gives to us. But, but, but brother, what would you share with somebody who's thinking about committing suicide? Yeah, I, I think exactly what you said, that so often we look at um, 
at, at the money that we're able to make, at the experiences that we've been through for good or for bad, and we start seeing our identity in that. You know, my identity on the one side of the spectrum is I'm a CEO, I'm a big shot, I have, I'm a multimillionaire. On the other side, I'm a victim. I, uh, you know, I'm a, a, an assault victim. And, and you start to look at that as your identity rather than seeing your identity in Christ. And so I would encourage anyone who has gone through that kind of experience. Uh, and, and it's interesting when you look at Scripture how often these great heroes of the faith, Jeremiah despairs of life itself and is, has suicidal ideation. And uh, Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 1 talks about despairing even of life. In 2 Corinthians 1.8, he's gone through all these trials, all this assault, all this abuse, and he just gets to a point where he says, Lord, I'm, I'm just trying to serve you, and this is what you've allowed to happen to me. I despaired even of life. But then he says in the next verse, verse 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. So if if we look to ourselves and in, in ourself, we feel like this is what we've been through. This is what has happened to me. This is my new identity. We are going to despair. And it very well could lead to suicidal thoughts. On the other hand, if we say, okay, yeah, I have the sentence of death in myself, but that's, that's to remind me I'm not supposed to be trusting myself. I have to trust in something outside of myself. I have to trust in the God who raises the dead. That's, that's who my trust has to be in. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, what is suicide? Really, we, we know that it's killing yourself. But if we look at it from a biblical perspective, it's so much more than that. And I, I appreciate what the pastor just said about that is our, our identity, where we come from. But, you know, suicide is deliberately taking your own life. It's against the sixth commandment. It's against God's word. God, God takes life very seriously. We mentioned yesterday in Ecclesiastes that uh, uh, seven seventeen. Why shouldst thou go before their time? And where God gives us this free will, but at the same time, He said, "Why do this?" Uh, and you know what I found, Pastor? I found out that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I used to be a crisis counselor type of person in the army with the job that I did. They'd send me to training, and one of the first things that people would come in and say, "You know, uh, sergeant major or, or, or top, whatever I was at that time." I'm suicidal. And, and our first question is always, why? And it always came down in my case to a temporary thing. Mm. It was, you know, my girlfriend broke up with me. My mother doesn't like me, you know, whatever the case may be. And I know there's some permanent things. I, I know some of you are standing at death's door. I know some of you are really going through the trials of this world. We're certainly not mocking you or minimizing any of those things. We're just letting you know that you've got a God you can trust. And as in yesterday, we need to run into that safe tower and we need to let him. It's a trial. All these things are trials in our life. And we can do several things when a trial's come along. We can turn around or run. Uh, or we can try and find out, God, what is this trial about and how can I help others through that? So listen, friends, if you're thinking about suicide, call the 1-800-SUICIDE line immediately. And then we would love to hook somebody up with you from a church. Uh, we, we don't want to see it's against God's will for someone to murder, even themselves. And God has a plan for you, as it tells us in the Bible in Jeremiah, that you have an expected end. And that end has been ordained or given by God. And more good news, Pastor, we see that, what was it, Hezekiah prayed for. He was deathly ill. He was getting ready to go out. His life was coming to an end. 
And he prayed to God, and God extended his life by 15 years. So there's so many options here. Yeah, and that's, I think, just keeping that hope in front of us that uh, this isn't the end. This is a, a permanent solution for a temporary problem, yeah. is that there there are so many other solutions uh, that the Lord would have, that, that the Lord would bless and honor, uh, yeah. rather than taking your own life and, and just how that hurts your testimony, how that hurts the people around you. And a, a very close friend of mine and uh, his whole family has been like family to mine, uh, took his life uh, less than a year ago. And that that's just been a, a difficult thing for, mm. obviously for his widow, but for, for our family and for my children who looked up to yeah. this, this man. Yeah, and, and, you know, the VA says that when you commit suicide that 142 people are directly afflicted by this. So it has bearing on 142 people immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and, and as pastor saying, you can see uh, that affliction can really hurt a family. And, and, you know, truth be told last year, I think 35,000 people in America committed suicide or the last known year, which was 2019. They're not even releasing, releasing the 2020 numbers, but here, here's the facts, folks. The facts is we're usurping God's authority when we commit suicide. The fact is we're committing murder. It is murder to kill ourselves. And, and we don't want to do that. We want to be in God's will. We'd love to help you in that area. Again, if you're right there on the verge, uh, call the suicide helpline immediately, call 911 or whatever the case may be, and let us hook you up with some spiritual guidance so folks can show you from the word of God how important you are so important that Christ died for you. And that's really a significant thing. And, and so pastor, we find ourselves at least here for a couple minutes for our break here, uh, going into verse number 12. So we're on Proverbs 18 in verse number 12, it says before destruction, and we see destruction and haughtiness and, and arrogance and self-centeredness throughout the book of Proverbs. But it says before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. So it, this, is, this is a weird thing to me, but it's being very clear uh, on, on what goes on. And it, it says, since pride, it just always leads the way with the craziness and are like, well, we deserve better. We should have been the one to made that decision. We should have been the one to uh, be able to be in charge of this. We should have been the guy who got the raise at work. We should have been uh, the person that was outlined and got an award at work or whatever the case may be. That's always this pride thing. And it, and, and it comes with this haughtiness was haughty is another word I think for arrogance this expectation. I got everything going on. It should be about me. And then it, it says, before honor, this is the thing that I'm thinking about, Pastor, before that honor comes humility. So it, it's drawing a comparison there. Pride brings you down a bad road or terrible place, but when you find humility, you'll find honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I, I think, is just something that is, is really woven throughout Scripture. Uh, this, this verse, again, is really, in a sense, borrowing from Proverbs 16, Eight is the first half, the first line of this proverb, and then the second line is from Proverbs fifteen thirty three. We see this again in Proverbs eleven two, Proverbs sixteen eighteen, Proverbs seventeen nineteen, twenty nine twenty three. Over and over, this is just a theme of Scripture, and then we we really see it when we get into the the narratives, the historical section of Scripture. So First Samuel seventeen four, I think this proverb is illustrated so well in yeah. David and Goliath. I mean, here's this this huge giant of a man literally arrayed in all of his imposing armor. And here's a 16-year-old little shepherd boy 
with a couple of rocks in his, his pocket, uh, and yet who does God uh, show is, is really the one who's safe? Who, who's the one who runs to the safe tower, and who's the one who puts all of his, you know, his, his security in himself? David is the one who ends up being the champion, and Goliath yeah. is killed because he, could, he thought that he could, in his own, uh, his, his own haughtiness, he thought that he was, he was going to be able to, to take on God's anointed. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and right now, folks, we're just going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with you. Yeah, I, I love that example of David and Goliath. Matter of fact, that, that was part of my Bible reading yesterday as I was going through. You know, here comes this little guy with his sling and, uh, you know, this little shepherd. Nobody had time for him. Uh, he couldn't even, you know, Saul's armor was too big for David. I mean, not even to mention Goliath. I mean, and uh, but God has a plan and, and God takes us to that place. And I love that. I love the idea of knowing that if I can put aside my self-centeredness and arrogance, well, how do you do that? Well, you get in God's word. Uh, you realize what your value is. One of the great things I thought of serving in the army is the army is aimed at every person in the army. You do it as a team or you don't do it. You can't complete a mission by yourself. There's only a handful of uh, special forces people jumping behind the line and things of that nature. I mean, it's a teamwork. And, and you got to rely on that guy next to you. you got to do everything within your power to make that soldier next to you just as good of a soldier as you, if not better. You want them to be better. You want to give them all the skills because it's their life uh, that you're saving. It's your life that they're saving and looking out for one another. So that's, I think, a really significant thing. And in, in this next one, Pastor, it kind of leads to that same group of people here in verse number 13. He that answereth a, a matter before he hear it, it is folly and shame unto them. So and I, I was just thinking about something, too, back at verse. I always, my brain goes backwards sometimes. But I remember in seminary, one of the first things I learned that was uh, the Laura first mentioned, the Laura multiple mentions in the Bible. So if God mentions something twice in the Bible, you better pay attention to it. I think I, I, I was right when Pastor just read five verses and kept on, could have kept on going about uh, talking about hoodiness and pride and those types of things. And, and, and then we get to this place, but before you hear something, you answer it. You've already made up your decision. That's the opposite of, of godliness. But in truth, that's our world. A world today wants a quick, impulsive answer to questions and problems. We, you know, we're not the type of people who want to think things through, pray things through, but that's the direct opposite uh, of what God has for us. It's so bad. We're talking about foolishness and shamefulness that comes along with being that type of person that doesn't stop to get all the facts, that just gives a quick answer. That's not a good thing, Pastor. No, and, and it really, especially if you are counseling and trying to share with someone who's gone through trauma. Uh, when when you don't even listen to their trauma, when you don't even listen to their story, I was talking to a young man um, on Sunday uh, at lunch who has has gone through a lot of trauma, a lot of sexual abuse, and now he is actually a social worker, and now he he wants to as as a believer now that he's been born again, he wants to to give back, and he said, but that's one of the first things that he's learned is I'm not going to keep going to a counselor who just jumps in and cuts me off, who doesn't really even listen. And it, it, in many ways, it shows either a prejudice on the part of, of that person or an arrogance that they think they know so much better. Uh, and so being willing to listen, being willing to hear someone 
before you give an answer is so important as a, as a Christian. Yeah, I agree. And I think probably the most difficult thing uh, when it comes to counseling, when it comes to working with people who are hurting and stuff, is to totally understand what's going on with them. Because, uh, you know, when you've counseled hundreds of people, when you've dealt with hundreds of people, when you're at camps, uh, you're real apt to generalize. Mm -hmm. And that's the worst thing you can do with human beings. And so to really understand what's going on with them, it's never the same. There's 7.2 billion people in this world, according to Fox News, or whatever the case may be, well on the way to 8 billion. And every single person on this earth is different. And uh, I think we owe it to God to really dig in and know those types of things. So we don't throw an answer out there. We learn about them. Boy, this next verse, Pastor, it'll, it'll take up the rest of our time, but it's a good one. Uh, it's the verse. So when I decided to start Wounded Spirits Ministries, I prayed that God would give me a verse that would help me to do that. And that's verse number 14 here in chapter 18. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. And uh, so remember that the spirit of a man so uh, will sustain his infirmity, will sustain a broken arm or a broken leg or sickness over time. or And sometimes God miraculously uses that spirit inside you to get you through. And we're told when people get cancer treatment sometimes, if they believe, boy, if their spirit's right, if, if they believe that God can heal them, if they believe in God, they're 10 times more apt to heal than somebody who doesn't. But then it says, but a wounded spirit, that's your soul's been wounded. You've been through the traumas of life. You've you've been molested, military sexual trauma. You've been hurt by people, relatives, family. You've, uh, you've seen combat. You've been those first responders. You've come across accidents with people who are mangled and dead and all those types of things. So this verse is saying, well, who can handle all this? You know, where do we go when all that stuff happens? Well, we go to God. And uh, we're reminded this morning that, you know, our spirit will take care of those little things. But boy, when our soul gets wounded, when our spirit gets wounded, it, it involves God, Pastor. Yeah, and the, it, this is such an interesting proverb because you, you see in that first line, the spirit of, uh, the, the, okay, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. So there are, there are certain unfortunate, unwanted sicknesses that we go through, hospitalization, uh, you playing basketball and you blow out your ankle, those are things that uh, you don't want, but your spirit can sustain you through. But then when your spirit is, is wounded, when it's broken, when you come to that point where you, you're at the end of yourself, there's no mental, emotional, spiritual reserve to draw upon, the well's completely dry, uh, that's, that's when you feel like, what can I do? Uh, yeah. there's, there's nowhere, what, there, there's nothing in myself that I have left. Uh, and, and that's where we have to turn to God. And it's interesting, uh, these, that phrase, broken spirit, wounded spirit, is found again in Proverbs 15, 13. And here it's contrasted with the joy of the Lord. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So uh, the, the answer to a broken spirit, to a wounded spirit, is a merry heart that has joy in Christ. And then we see it again in, in Proverbs seventeen twenty two. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, is a, a famous phrase that we 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 love to to have some humor. And I know that's something Brother Carriger does a great job of. Try but, to, yeah. <laughs> but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. And so, really, when we we look at that contrast between a joyful heart, a joyful spirit, and a wounded spirit, we know that we have to go to the Lord. He's the only one that can give us true 
lasting joy, not just temporary happiness, but lasting joy comes only from him. Yeah. And, and you know, where do we go? And, and again, it's a question we ask almost every podcast. Where do you go for your joy? Uh, where do you go for your healing? Where, where do we go? And, and I'll tell you, it's okay to plug into your spouse. It's, it's okay to plug into your children and your, your family and your siblings and your parents and your grandparents, whatever the case may be. But when you want total healing from that wounded spirit, it's, it's that time with God. It's that humility that you find in God. It's those answers that you find alone in God. I think of Cain and Abel. You know, that came to my mind when we started this. Uh, Cain said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. You know, he killed his brother. I mean, there's only a handful of people on earth, man. They got all the property they want. They got, they got you know, lake rights. I mean, they got, they got the best property available, and uh, he kills his brother. But then he realizes that life isn't that easy. We just can't make things go away. And he goes to the Lord and says, your punishment is greater than I can bear. And, and uh, so many of us who suffer from PTSD, who've been through those defining traumas that turn us upside down, who have been through those things, and, and we say, you know, I always tell people what defines us. And I, I'm not going to take away anybody who says, well, part of my definition as a human being, part of how I'm defined is this terrible trauma I went through. Yeah, but it keeps getting lower on the list when you put God as your first definition. Mm. I'm defined in God and Jesus Christ and his completed work at Calvary. I, I believe in the sufficiency of the scripture. I believe in the sufficiency of what God did. When he said it was finished, it is finished. It's finished for me. I believe in that. So my definition, I had to put all that other stuff aside and say, my definition is the one, the strong tower, the one I'm going home to. Mm -hmm. And uh, th that defines me. And then in my life, the second thing that defines me is my wife and my family and my children and then my church. And before you know it, God's word, praying, going to God keeps on moving lower on that list, that trauma uh, that hurts you that thing you've been through. And if we get caught, if that gets out of balance, Pastor, if we lose the balance of the definition being in God, boy, we can we can be all messed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that it, it's something that, that we see, and, and sometimes it is just something is, in a sense, on the spectrum, simple as sickness, and maybe it's an ailment over and over that causes a spirit to be broken, but typically it is trauma. And, and that's why it's so important to have ministries like Wounded Spirits, who is there to give resources, video resources, training, even just listening to this podcast on a daily basis, where you can get the help that you need when your spirit is broken, you need that joy of the Lord restored. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Folks, it's been great being with you today. A couple quick reminders. So uh, Pastor Crockett will be with us again tomorrow. Uh, remember, if you want to be more part of the retreat, more part of Wounded Spirits in our ministries, we'd love to Zoom with you, talk to you about how you can volunteer, how you can partner with us, tell you about how you can buy in and make a difference with these folks with PTSD around the world. We, we know of several thousand through our ministry last year who was able to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. We believe that uh, God can use us and use you to do more. So we want to talk to you about that. So make sure you send me a note at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com or out on Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, and we'll get right back with you. Hopefully have a Zoom meeting with you, maybe some of your friends, maybe throw a few other people in on that. But we sure do love you folks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. 
It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.